0: Last night, four Republicans who won't be the presidential nominee in 2024 faced off in Tuscaloosa. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis opened the debate by going after Nikki Haley, who fired back at DeSantis and attacked Vivek Ramaswamy, who brutally attacked Nikki Haley, who was defended by Chris Christie, who most people forgot was even there. And I am Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. This episode's brought to you by GenuCell Skincare. Go to genucell.com slash Knowles, to get an incredible holiday discount on their most popular package. Also, Lady Ballers is now the most popular screaming movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Our first full-length feature comedy is the biggest launch in Daily Wire history. It is now the number one streaming movie anywhere. Are you not a member? Well, lucky for you, with Coach, the code Coach, you can become a part of Daily Wire Plus and save 50 bucks on new annual memberships. Speaking of things to stream, I watched that whole debate last night. Even though it is just completely pointless and will not have any practical effect, I thought it might be somewhat entertaining. And I suppose it could tell us, assuming they don't assassinate Donald Trump, it could tell us who Trump could pick for a VP. It could tell us who Trump might pick for a cabinet position if he were to be elected. So it was worth watching. I'm irritated at the debate for a second reason. Second reason being, as those of you watching right now can see, I am not in my studio. I'm on the road. I was at Clemson last night. But for whatever reason, they scheduled my speech at Clemson at exactly the same time as the Republican presidential debate. So those jerks in Tuscaloosa took views away from my speech. But you can catch that speech on the YAF YouTube channel. That is a speech called Kids Are Not Commodities on IVF and surrogacy, which is a controversial issue, not just for the libs, but even among conservatives. So you can go check that out there. Meanwhile, I come back, I get back to my hotel very late at night, and I watch this whole debate. What stood out to me right from the outset was that Ron DeSantis has had enough of Nikki Haley. (laughs) Nikki Haley has been taking Ron DeSantis's perspective, donors, prospective support base, prospective campaign network in the early primary states, and he's had enough of it. So he opens up the debate going after Nikki. I am sick
1: of Republicans who are not willing to stand up and fight back against what the left is doing to this country. You've got to be willing to stand strong and you've got to be willing to beat these people. I'm the only one running for president that has beaten these people on issue after issue. Uh, We beat the teachers unions when we did school choice. We beat Fauci on COVID. We beat George Soros. And you have other candidates up here like Nikki Haley. She caves. Anytime the left comes after her, anytime the media comes after her, I did a bill in Florida to stop the gender mutilation of minors. It's child abuse and it's wrong. She opposes that bill. She thinks it's fine and the law shouldn't get involved with it. If you're not willing to stand up for the kids, if you're not willing to stand up and say that it is wrong to mutilate these kids, uh, then you're not going to fight for the people back home. I will fight for you and I will win for you.
0: I thought this was a very strong answer in terms of the words that Governor DeSantis was using. I thought this was a really strong point on the actual issue, which is Nikki got in trouble a couple of days ago for saying she doesn't think the law has a place in telling parents not to trans their kids. That is a view held by a significant minority of Republicans, especially in blue states on the coasts in the more I don't know, the, the Wall Street set of Republicans, but it's, it's certainly not a view held by the base. The, the base believes that we need to stop transing the kids, that it's just wrong, and we got to cut it out. So DeSantis, I think, articulated that view, and I, I do think that that happens to be the correct view. One, one thing that st- struck me about his answer, and I think this might be in part why Governor DeSantis is having trouble connecting, is his answer— in the, in the content of it, it's very strong. I did this, I wielded power, I have a clear moral vision. I'm the man, I got it done, I won. All of which is true. The tone of the answer is a little bit whiny. The tone of the answer is like, and come on, and I did this. and you know we did come on, I'm the only guy and you know, da, da, da. And I know that shouldn't matter. A lot of people believe we should just vote on people's records and these little things like the, even the tone of one's voice. Uh, seems so trivial, it's a presidential debate. And I, I do wonder if that, in part, is the reason why he had trouble connecting. The nearest I've seen to this sort of problem in a presidential debate actually goes back, over 10 years ago, goes back to John Huntsman, another guy, actually, I really like. He had the same problem. His voice was kind of a little bit... It had a tone that was almost like he was complaining, and it was a little it was a lamentation. Instead of, you, you think of a candidate like Trump who did very well at the debates, even though sometimes the semantics of his answers didn't, were incoherent. But he, he did really, really well. One, because he's funny, he's quick on his feet. But two, there was an ease to his rhetoric. Yeah, look, I'm here. You're going to be locked up if I if I get elected. No one even believed that. But, but it just sounded cool. He sounded in command. Uh, so, I think this might help to explain why DeSantis could have all the right answers. He could do all the right things in Florida, but he's he's still failing to connect. Nikki Haley actually had quite a bit more ease on the debate stage last night. Uh, So you had two teams. You had DeSantis and Vivek versus Nikki and Christie, which makes sense because that that means you have the more right-wing populist side of the GOP versus the more centrist establishment side of the GOP. So Christie, though he seems to hate Vivek Ramaswamy the most on that stage, he took his first attack to go after Ron DeSantis. And it was very clear from the outset he was trying to relive the 2016 debates when he destroyed Marco Rubio.
1: We stand with Israel. They're our best ally in the Middle East. We have a unique relationship with them, uh, and you will see a strong
2: relationship when I'm the president of the United States. But but would would Elizabeth, yeah, cook. This is the problem with the first three debates. Ron gets asked a question and he doesn't answer it. Your question was very specific. You said, would you send American troops as commander-in-chief and he went on to this minute and 30-second hosanna about his knowledge of the military and what we need to do and didn't answer your question. Look, when you're president of the United States, you're not going to have a choice whether to answer that question or not. Your generals, your secretary of defense, your secretary of state, your national security advisor are going to present plans to you. They're going to look at you and say, do we go or don't we, Mr. President? And you can't give a 90-second speech about your military service, so as would, you, as it would is. you
3: send American troops into rescue I hostages? I would
2: absolutely absolutely.
0: So I don't think it worked. It worked in 2016. You can't relive your past glories. And he said, here's the canned 30 second speech from Rubio. And then Rubio just unbelievably unbelievably just launched into the exact same 30 second speech again. I don't think Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Hey, look at Rubio. He sounds like a robot. What are you talking? I'm not a robot. Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing. Beep, 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 boop. And Christie totally killed it. This didn't work here. He was going after DeSantis in the same way he went after Rubio by saying this guy is stiff and he's He's attempting to be a slick politician. He's attempting to evade the answers and just use his focus group remarks. I don't think it quite worked. What that answer tells me, though, is Christie knows he's not going to be president. He probably always knew he was not going to be president, but politicians can delude themselves. So 50-50. He now knows he's not going to be president. This is the last debate before the Iowa caucuses. This dude somehow made it throughout the whole process before the primaries and caucuses kicked off. But he's got to pick a team now. We're now down to four people. And Chris Christie is on team Nikki Haley. In fact, he's so clearly on team Nikki Haley that after Vivek Ramaswamy attacked Nikki for saying that she, I don't know, she was giving some remark about the military and Vivek said, you're bought and paid for by the military industrial complex. You're corrupt. You took money from Boeing. This was a theme that recurred throughout the night, which we'll get to in
2: just a second. Chris Christie comes out in White knights for Nikki Haley. We're now 25 minutes into this debate and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three year old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> and while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So I'm going to take this. <laughs> take-
0: there's the white knighting. And there's Nikki actually played it off pretty well. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's, a- that's a- Go on, please. Uh, but he- he's... So those were the two sides of the debate. Why was Christie going after Vivek? Because moments prior, Vivek brutally attacked Nikki Haley, which we'll get to in a second. But if you're brutally attacked, you probably need some health care. You, you want to check out MediShare. Right now, go to MediShare.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. As a Daily Wire listener, you're not just informed, you're engaged and sexy. You value freedom and personal responsibility. That's why you got to check out MediShare. MediShare is a community-based approach to healthcare that lines up with the principles you believe in. Your values matter. And with MediShare, your healthcare dollars will not be used for medical procedures that don't line up with your beliefs. MediShare is the highest rated healthcare sharing ministry with a 30-year proven track record. It's not health insurance. It's a community of 400,000 believers committed to caring and sharing with one another. Members save up to 50% or more on their monthly healthcare costs. And member satisfaction surveys show they like MediShare much more than health insurance. Why? Because it works. For a limited time, Daily Wire listeners will receive a $150 gift card when they join MediShare. To find out more, go to MediShare.com slash Michael. That is MediShare.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Terms and conditions apply. Vivek, like Ron DeSantis, has had enough of Nikki Haley. So <laughs> Vivek brutally attacks her.
4: Now, a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through, look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's a puppet name right right there, the donors.
0: This was brutal. I saw people on both sides of Vivek uh, reacting to this in extreme ways. Now, I think the divide here is an age divide. I think Zoomers love Vivek. I think Gen X boomers don't really like Vivek, and they find him to be a little precocious, and they find him to be a little over the top, Uh you're also seeing some divide on on just the two parts of the party. The more restrained part of the GOP foreign policy uh, base really likes Vivek. Really doesn't like Nikki Haley. The more interventionist, imperialist side of the GOP obviously just hates Vivek. You know, he does pretty well among the Buchanan Trump kind of set. He he obviously does not do well among the neoconservatives. That's why he. He attacks the neoconservatives. But worth pointing out, I think Mike Cernovich made this point too. This was a very, very risky move for Vivek because if, if he had launched this attack and then Nikki had just leaned into the microphone and named three regions of Ukraine, he would have looked terrible. He would have looked like a total fool. But he took the bet that she couldn't name the regions And she couldn't. And I don't know. You probably can't name the regions either. I don't know. What What are regions in eastern Ukraine? Donetsk, Moscow, and Beijing? Is that it? I don't know. Those are, I know those are vaguely east. Is that, no no one really knows. Vivek does because Vivek is a super genius. And you know, I, I was an undergraduate when Vivek was at the law school. The the guy has had a reputation as a sharp fella for a very, very long time. So he nails her on this. Tensions arise. He was the most tense GOP debate by far. The moment, the only moment that anyone is going to remember is going to be between Vivek and Nikki. And it was another polarizing moment. People think it was the stupidest moment of the debate. People think it was the greatest moment of the debate. It is where Vivek held up a pad of paper with all of his notes from the debate. And his his notes just had two words, two words and one sign. She said that I have a woman problem.
4: Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem. Using identity politics more effectively than Kamala Harris is a form of intellectual fraud. And it actually means end. there's our donor puppet masters wielding their puppet right up here tonight. This is how this game is played. The puppet masters put up their puppet. And I reject the use of identity politics in this party. It has been a cancer coming from the left. And I'm sick and tired of the double standards the people of this country are too. Having two X chromosomes does not immunize you from criticism. Thank
0: you, sir. So some people, the more clubbable, let's all get along type of Republicans, are going to look at this and say, oh, Vivek, come on. This is a ridiculous stunt. You're doing prop comedy on that stage now? Come on. This is so beneath the tenor of a presidential debate. First of all, there is nothing beneath the tenor of these presidential debates. These are the stupidest shows <laughs> that, have, that have ever been put on in the history of the United States, including every reality show of the mid-2000s, in, in, all of it. These are pointless, stupid, nasty, shallow debates for the most part. So I don't think that attack really works. And even if you don't like that kind of a stunt, ask yourself, did it work? Of course it worked. It's the only thing that anyone is talking about. Vivek, whom no one had heard of until he ran for president, very few people, he'd written some books, he was was somewhat known, but very few people had heard of him, is now a national political figure. He has cemented himself firmly on the conservative, populist, I guess, pro-Trump side of the GOP. Trump is almost certainly going to be the nominee. This guy, I don't know, this guy could be secretary of state or something. He's just done an excellent, excellent job in this race. Does the attack stick? I'm not sure that people are now going to view Nikki Haley as a, a Joe Biden or a Hillary Clinton just peddling influence around the world. The attack was that after she left the UN position, she took some board positions and gave some corporate speeches and she made a good amount of money doing it. That's true, a lot of politicians do that. I'm not sure that it's it's the most precise attack, but as we is especially we've learned from Donald Trump, these little one-word, two-word lines kind of stick. And the reason this has a chance of sticking is because Nikki is at a low point among conservatives. At other times, conservatives have liked her. When, when Nikki was at the UN and she was beating all the worst people in the world, conservatives loved her. She's also had more moderate and centrist positions and actions in her political career where the conservatives don't like that. And right now, days after she said, and she's now trying to walk it back, but days after she said that if a child wants to transition, you should let the parents do it, the law has no role in that. Vivek knew that Nikki is at a very, very low point among conservatives, so he's going to pounce and try to destroy her political career. We will see if that works. Uh, All of this to say, not one debate has ever moved the needle on the polls in any meaningful way. Not one campaign ad, not one speech, not one rally, not one indictment, not one nothing has has moved the needle. In as much as the needle has moved, Trump has gained a little bit of support. DeSantis has lost a little bit of support. The vake went from no-name recognition to some support. And Nikki has fluctuated a little bit. And somehow Christie's still in the race. But it it just doesn't matter. So the, the Democrats have resigned themselves to the fact that Trump is the nominee. Maybe they wanted him to be the nominee. Maybe they think Trump is easy to beat. Though I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Democrats really believe that. That's the line you're hearing out of the DeSantis campaign and the Haley campaign. I'm not sure that that's true, because fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, (laughs) hey, hey, the point is you're not going to fool me again, to quote George W. Bush. That was their tactic in 2016. The Democrats said, let's get Trump to be the nominee. Bill Clinton called Donald Trump and said, you should run for president. This was was part of the Democrat strategy. The Republicans should nominate the craziest, wackiest guy in the whole party, and then Hillary's going to just waltz right into the White House, and it didn't work. So I think they're probably going to be a little more cautious this time. And and so the Democrats have a new attack on Trump. The new attack is that Donald Trump, okay, he's going to be the nominee. He's probably going to to be the nominee. He might get elected. And if he is elected, he is going to be an absolute, terrible, awful dictator. Now, if you are a parent, if you're a frequent traveler, if you're an individual seeking enhanced personal security, you're going to want to check out Shield. Right now go to PackShield.com, use promo code Knowles. Whether you are a parent, a frequent traveler, simply an individual seeking enhanced personal safety, you gotta check out PackShield. PackShield is a ballistic insert that fits into backpacks, messenger bags, and briefcases. The inserts meet the National Institute of Justice and 3A standards to stop up to a 44 magnum. PackShield comes in a variety of sizes and colors so they can be easily transferred from bag to bag and way less than most textbooks and laptops. When properly packed in your bag, this remarkable insert can provide an extra layer of protection. I have a couple of pack shields. The nice thing about them is that no one can tell me that I have got this in my luggage, briefcase, or bag. They just have no idea. They are extremely lightweight, and I love knowing that I am protected. It's stressful to think about a situation where you might need pack shield. It is worth it to be ready. Pack shield provides extra peace of mind. It's important to know how to carry it correctly. PackShield should never be used for any reason other than personal defense. So, pack some protection and peace of mind with PackShield. Check them out for yourself at PackShield.com. Promo code KnowlesCanadaWLS for twenty two zero percent off. That is P A K Shield.com. Promo code KnowlesCanadaWLS for twenty percent off today. When the Daily Wire made Lady Balders, we made history with our first ever full length comedy. Then we made history again this week when Lady Balders skyrocketed to become the nation's number one streaming movie. All thanks to your incredible support. With a solid 94% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, thousands of user reviews, Lady Ballers is the return of the comedies that we love. If you've not watched Lady Ballers, it's time to join in on the laughs. If you have friends, family, coworkers, pets who have not yet watched Lady Ballers, get each of them a separate Daily Wire Plus subscription. Tell them, quote, they have to watch the number one movie in America. I'm sure many people are saying that. Streaming exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Take a quick look at the nation's top streamed movie from The Daily Wire. Lady
2: ballers. In a world where women's sports is being transformed, The Daily Wire calls foul with the most triggering comedy of the year.
5: Guys, this is serious. Sports can be your pathway to a better life. Well, like yours? <laughs> Please don't steal my catalytic converter again. Winning matters. It's the key ingredient in becoming a winner. Maybe you should try it sometime. Are you going to move? I am not.
3: Let's cut to the chase. I know you're not a woman. Hey,
5: you don't know how he now. identifies. If you can beat though. What
3: do you know about the US Opens for the Global Games?
5: You want us to compete as winners. $5,000 prizes. My lover says you were a great coach back in the day. Join. This is the way the world is now. My eight-year-old daughter told me all about it. So a guy can become a girl with no physical changes at all.
2: Oh, that's called gender fluid.
5: So I can be a woman on the court and a man in the bedroom. I can't believe it. Nice.
4: You mean when you're sleeping?
5: Yes. Coach. Alice. We, we could play, play basketball. basketball. We'd have to get the whole team back together. It's time. We're in. I'm in. I'm in. To
2: play. Lady Baldur's. Mine up. You like a girl. That's my. I'm with
4: her. <laughs> I'm in my truth. This is my
5: From heroes. Day one of being a girl athlete.
0: <laughs>
5: I love being a girl. To she We could dominate every woman's sport. Running. Swimming, soccer. I said sport Felix. It's ladies' basketball, boys. Nobody watches. Excuse me. Are these seats open? (laughs) Never mind. Getting dunks. (laughs) And tucking trunks.
2: You know she did it.
1: that's the biggest i've ever seen on a lady
5: i don't care lady ballers one can even be trans age now which provides Sheelix with a wonderful opportunity to relive all the experiences that she missed out on in school
2: (laughs) streaming exclusively on daily wire plus december 1st (laughs)
0: Our goal is clear. Lady Ballers stays at the top, outdoing last weekend's blockbuster opening as the number one movie in America. If you don't have Daily Wire Plus membership, it's time to join. Yes, monthly memberships are just $14.99. You can cancel anytime. It's your chance to join the Daily Wire and witness history by watching Lady Ballers. Get your Daily Wire Plus membership now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Now, turning back to the only show in America that can rival the Lady Ballers movie in terms of entertainment and craziness. That would, of course, be the presidential race. Trump's opponents, the really squish Republicans and the libs, have a new line of attack, and that is that Donald Trump is going to be a dictator. Uh, Robert Kagan, who's a, a foreign policy fixture in Washington, uh, he said on Friday uh, and this is a Washington Post editor-at-large, he he said, a Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. Not increasingly likely, increasingly inevitable. I always liked the the Kagans. Robert Kagan's father was a professor of mine, an amazing, incredible professor, an incredible historian. I expect more of the Kagan family than this kind of hysterical nonsense. But he's not the only one. This was clearly coordinated. From Ishan Tharor, the fear of a looming Trump dictatorship. This was in the Post. The Atlantic announced on Monday that it's going to have a special issue that warns of the grave and extreme consequences if Trump were to win in 2024, argues that Trump and Trumpism pose an existential threat. To America and the ideas that animate it. Couple conclusions from this: One, the libs believe that Trump is going to be the nominee. They were going after Desantis for a little while; that's over. They have not really gone after Haley yet. Well, they'll see, I guess, if she can if she can show movement in her poll numbers. They haven't gone after Chris Christie. They haven't. They're going after Trump. They think that Trump is the nominee. Biden is already treating Trump as the nominee. Trump is already treating Trump as the nominee. Now the Washington establishment is doing that too. The other scarier conclusion I draw from this is the purpose of this kind of language is to justify violence against Trump. That's what this is about. There is no evidence that Trump is going to be a dictator. We know that that there's no evidence of this because Trump was already elected one time. He wasn't a dictator. In fact, I wish he had wielded power more effectively. He did, a, he did a good job. I'm not really knocking him too much, but I wish he had done even more. We know he's not a dictator. We know that he won't stay in office forever because he left office voluntarily, even after they rigged the election on him. And there was a lot of evidence that they rigged the election. We all saw it with our eyes. He still left office. So an, the only reason to say this guy, he's a dictator, he poses an existential, that is to say, life or death threat to our country is to justify violence against him. The liberals justify violence against a whole lot of people They've done it for many, many years. They say that our speech is violence. That's why they encourage their, their militant wing to go attack us on campuses. I got, a, I got a very nice welcome here at Clemson last night. When I went to Pittsburgh in the spring, Antifa militants tried to blow me up. And why did the Antifa militants try to blow me up? Because for years we've had mainstream Democrats say, you can't be civil rep- with Republicans. you got to push back on them in public spaces. you got to go to their homes where the children sleep and scream and intimidate them. And then what do you get? Then you get the attacks. That's what this is about. And it's the last thing they have left to do. They robbed Trump by rigging the election. They robbed Trump of his administration in in some ways by uh, constantly trying to undercut it with all these bogus investigations that were cooked up based on nothing, where the FBI colluded with the Democrats and with the Hillary Clinton campaign to use fake evidence— to spy on Trump's campaign to stop him from getting elected in the first place. He gets elected to undermine his administration and the ability to actually get things done. And then they change all the election laws and rig the election so they can boot him out. Then he's still coming back. He's still popular. So they're going to indict him a bunch of times at the local level, at the federal level. They're going to try to to put him in prison for 700 years. And if that doesn't work, there's nothing left to do. What are you going to, the only thing you can do is say that guy is going to be a tyrant. He's going to seize power. He's going to kill the country. Existential threat. And and so, what does that imply? It implies that the Leb should kill him first. That's what they're after. So is Trump gonna be a dictator? He was asked this question by Sean Hannity. Here's the response.
5: To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever if re-elected president to abuse power, to break the law? to use the government to go after people you mean like they're using right now under no circumstances you are promising america tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody except for day one except Look, for he's going crazy except for day one meaning i want to close the border and i want to drill that's drill, not a, that's drill. A, that's not oh, no. that's not retribution i got i'm going to be i'm going to be you know he keeps We love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a
2: dictator,
0: okay? I I love all that stuff, and it's a very funny answer. First, he says, oh, you mean like they're doing? I mean, am I going to do all the stuff that they're doing right now? But what he comes to, the final point that he comes to is, he says, I'm not going to be a dictator, other than on day one. Day one, I'm going to be a dictator. Meaning... Sean Hannity is shocked. He's saying, no, please don't stop saying this, Donald. He goes, no, no, no. Day one, I'm going to be a dictator. I'm going to build the border wall. I'm going to fire a bunch of people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Hannity says, oh, okay. so you're not going to be a dictator, right? Yeah, no, other than on day one. This answer is the 2024 version of uh, I don't want to live in a country that Donald Trump is president in. And he says, yeah, because you'd be in jail. It's that quick-witted response The people aren't taking totally seriously, but they're not not taking seriously. I think this is a perfect answer here. And it gets to something that's totally missing at the GOP debates right now, where everyone's just so tense. Trump has that ease. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Am I going to am I going to go after my political enemies by wielding government? You mean like they've been doing for my entire public life? Uh, nah." No, I don't think so. Although, you know, one of my favorite figures is Al Capone. He's just joke, he's just toying with everyone here, including with Sean Hannity. And it's, it's very effective. It's very effective. You, you saw this especially after, I think it was the fourth indictment. Trump comes out and he gives a press conference and he's cool as a cucumber. Do not underestimate the importance of that quality. At a time where everything seems so uncertain, people are so tense, everyone's at each other's throats, ease is a very, very attractive quality. And I'm not saying that's the reason why he's 50 points up in the GOP race. Probably that is just a structural matter of him running effectively as an incumbent this time and his reshaping of the Republican Party and the fact that he's been a big celebrity for 40 years. But that ease, that, that, that puts at least his supporters at ease— that's kind of funny, that's entertaining, that's not so tense, that's not the same old script that we've seen before. That, that can be very, very attractive. Right now, the liberal establishment just looks very, very small. Here's a story. This broke two days ago. No one's even talking about it. I didn't even get to it on the show yesterday because it's just, it's just more of the same. It's just more of what we've heard. But in any other administration, at any other time, this would be absolutely shocking front page international news. Joe Biden, has been caught receiving monthly payments from Hunter Biden's shell corporations. The shell corporations that were used to peddle American influence overseas shake down some of the worst people in the world. Remember, Joe Biden said, oh, you think my son who's who's scooping up millions and millions of dollars from, from influence peddlers all around the world, you think that's evidence of my corruption? Show me the money. Show Where's the money, man? Come on, Jack. Listen here, corn pop. Where'd that money? Underneath my hairy legs? Yeah, that's where it is. We found the money. James Comer, House Oversight Committee, has discovered direct monthly payments from Hunter Biden's Wasco PC business account, which received payments from Chinese state-linked companies and other foreign nationals and companies going to Joe Biden's personal accounts. As Comer says, this was not a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, which that would be weird too. Usually children don't give their parents money, certainly not when their parents are U.S. senators and vice presidents and presidents, uh, national po- po- politicians for 50 years. Usually, maybe if your parents fell on hard times, you'd give them some money. Even if it were a personal account, that would be weird enough. This is actually from Hunter's business account that received money directly from all these shady Chinese state linked entities. It says, Joe Biden claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his family's influence peddling schemes This was a lie. They've got this guy dead to rights. And much like the GOP presidential debate, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't doesn't matter because there's no new information here. There's, There's new evidence. There's firmer, more obvious evidence of something that we all know was already happening. If the original Hunter Biden scandal did not jar you, did not get you to turn on Biden for his corruption, then nothing will. When the the Hunter Biden scandal broke years ago at this point, we knew that Hunter was being paid insane sums of money by Ukrainian oil companies. He doesn't know anything about Ukraine or oil. We knew that he was raising a ton of money out of China. We knew he was, and we know Hunter is a complete degenerate who doesn't have any any practical hard skills in, in in any profession. So any money he's getting is obviously just because of his last name. And we know that Joe Biden's brother does the same thing. We know that Joe Biden's other brother does the same thing. We know that Joe Biden said he never talked to Hunter about his business. We then heard Hunter admit that he talked to Joe Biden about his business. And then we saw on Hunter Biden's laptop that he actually not only talked to Joe about the business, but talked about how he gave Joe a bunch of money. If you were not persuaded by that, then you're going to support Joe. And why are Democrats supporting Joe right now? Because they think he's an upstanding, public-minded guy? No. They're doing it because he's the representative of their team. And they think that the other guy's corrupt. I don't think Trump is really corrupt. By the standards of a guy who worked in New York real estate in the 80s, I think he's clean as a whistle. Uh, Compared to Biden and the Clintons, I think he's clean as a whistle. But the liberals think that, that Trump is corrupt. And so now you've got a battle between two sides, both of which are are speaking quite openly about corruption. This is what marks the decay of of a regime. It's it's not so much ideological. We focus on the ideological part. And that matters too. The fact that our uh, governing ideology now is deeply anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-truth, it denies basic biological realities. You know, we talk about the critical race theory in the schools and the gender ideology in the schools and this is the 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 real decay of the American regime. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But actually, uh, for all of history, going back to great observers of these phenomena like Polybius, uh, the real marker of a regime decaying is the turn away from public interest to private interest. This is the difference between a monarchy and a tyranny. Monarchy is concerned with the common good. Tyranny is concerned with enriching the ruler. It's the difference between an aristocracy and an oligarchy. It's the difference between even a a democracy, a a republic such as perhaps we once had, and mob rule. One governs according to virtue for the common good. One just seeks to enrich itself. And that's where we are. We have open public corruption at the very highest levels of government. And the, the clearest marker there for the decay of the regime is that the American people... Just shrug their shoulders. Yeah, more of the same. Doesn't look good. Now, when you want to look good, you got to check out GenuCell. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles, K-N-N-W-L-E-S. I have got a Christmas gift idea that is sure to make you the hero of the season. We all know that the holidays can be a little bit hectic. The shopping, the cooking, the never-ending list of things to do. If you're not, because we have discovered the gift that is not just thoughtful, it's downright transformative. That is the gift of GenuCell skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package has a special discount just for our listeners at GenuCell.com slash Knowles, Treat yourself and your loved ones to the absolute greatest skincare in the world. Those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, yes, even a sagging jawline will disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You will see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. GenuCell made Christmas come early this year. They sent down a ton of products for the entire office. Everyone is raving about their under-eye bag cream. It works wonders. You deserve to look and feel your best this season. You know, I love the founder of this company, Coptic Christian from Egypt, left for the American dream. Their products use the absolute best ingredients out there. Go to GenuCell.com slash Get this incredible Christmas discount. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Genucel.com slash Knowles today. My favorite comment yesterday is from Batman for President, 9655, who says, Calling Ibram X. Kendi a real professor is like calling the professor from Gilligan's Island a real professor. Oh, it's even worse than that. Calling Ibram X. Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi, is like calling the actor from Gilligan's Island a real professor. That's not his name. (laughs) His name is Henry Rogers, but Henry Rogers sounds too white. So he's started to go by Ibram And and then when he got married, he and his wife, who also had a totally normal sounding name, they decided to just make up a new name. So the Ibram X. Kendi identity is a role. It's a a role to be played. And it's very effective. It's made him a lot of money. It's a very lucrative part to play while you go out there and do a little soft shoe for the liberal elite and, and make millions and millions of dollars doing it. They gave this guy who has absolutely no business at a university. They gave him his own center, his own institute, the Center for Anti-Racist Research, which is finally being investigated because it was completely bogus. You want to talk about Al Capone. It was nothing other than a sinecure for Ibram Kendi and a little line for his resume so that he could go on TV and with his fictional name and his fictional credentials go on and give a fictional account of, of race relations and history. Unfortunately, right now, Republicans are too weak to pose a serious threat to Joe Biden. We have a great Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, really like him, rock-ribbed conservative guy. We have, I guess, a majority on the Supreme Court, kind of. of course, a little different. But I don't even know how long we're going to have the Republican Speaker in the House because Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker, ousted unceremoniously by Matt Gaetz, uh, has decided he's going to leave Congress by the end of the year. Fair enough. I mean, if you're ousted by your own conference in this brutal, historic way, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably going to get out of Dodge. You're not going to go back to being a backbencher congressman. This guy's been in leadership for like over 10 years. So uh, he's gone. That means that our five Republican majority, is it four or five Republican majority, it, well, now, now it's down. Then you got George Santos being expelled from Congress, and a lot of Republicans voted for it. Look, I think Santos is probably guilty of all the stuff they're accusing him of. I think it's very serious crimes that Dante puts in the very pit of hell. I don't think he should run for re-election. He said he wouldn't run for re-election. I probably would not have voted to expel him. Over what? The, the crimes that the guy committed, I think, are really, really bad. Democrats do the same stuff, in some ways, in a more egregious way. They, they knock George Santos for lying about his ethnic background, for saying that he, might, he had a Jewish grandma, which maybe he did. No one really knows. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Warren becomes a Harvard, Harvard professor by pretending to be Native American, and then she finds out she's one 10,000th, one 50 billionth Cherokee or something, and she touts this as evidence that she actually is Native American. All right, get rid of, get rid of Warren. Get rid of Bob Menendez. Good, You want to talk about corruption? Bob Menendez is engaged in way more corruption than George Santos, at least at a much higher scale. So I wouldn't have voted to expel him, and the reason for that is now you've got a five-vote majority— Okay, you lose, you lose McCarthy, you lose Santos. Yikes, we're at a three-vote majority. Uh-oh. Bill Johnson, Republican Bill Johnson is also leaving to become a college president. Boop. Okay, now we're down to a two-vote majority. How much longer are we gonna have that? By the way, Patrick McHenry, the guy who was the acting temporary speaker, he's not running for re-election next year. Boop, okay, uh-oh, yikes, man. We're really are Republicans gonna be able to hold on to any power at all? Doesn't seem very clear to me. Now, speaking of Congress, there was a scene that took place in Congress this week that even with my low opinion of Ivy League administrators exceeded even my my lowest expectations, this would be the scene in which Ivy League university presidents hemmed and hawed over whether Calling for the genocide of the Jews explicitly constitutes harassment.
3: At Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it... uh, is if, the yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? Does calling for the genocide of Jews <laughs> violate Harvard's <laughs> rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context.
0: <laughs> no. You've got, this is the line. It's not even just the, the lady from Penn. It's multiple university presidents. You've got multiple representatives of the Ivy League here. They say, well, you know, what's genocide? One man's genocide is another man's freedom fighter, right? That's, I guess that's sort of what they're implying. I'm all for nuance. I, I'm truly all for nuance. And I'm all for protecting a wide um, range of debate at universities. I'm, I, I do actually like that. But what we're seeing here, the, the reason these university presidents can't answer this is not because they hate the Jews. I don't know, maybe they do hate the Jews, but maybe they don't. I don't, uh, I don't think that's what is motivating their answer. What we're seeing here is not just that they're trapped by their students, which they are. They, they're very afraid of upsetting the students because the students run the show now at the universities. What they're trapped by, primarily, is their own free speech rhetoric. That's the thing. And if it were a different issue being discussed here, the Republicans would be on their side. Because they're saying, look, we don't, you can say whatever you want at a university, and we support free speech. Now, we know that that's bogus. That's the problem here. If they actually held to that rule, I would give them credit. I'm not sure I would agree with them. I actually wrote a whole book about how I disagree with free speech absolutism called Speechless Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Do I have a bell on the road? Is there a bell here? No. Okay. All right. That's fine. We'll have to bring a bell on the road next time. Uh, they, they are saying that we don't, un, unless you actually commit the action of genocide, uh, that would not violate our policy. And then they kind of knew that was too extreme, so they're kind of walking it back. And the reason they're trying to pr- protect free speech here is because they know that the university students are very pro Palestine and anti Israel. So they, they want to suck up to them a little bit as well. We also know that they hate conservative speakers on campus. In fact, I'm I'm not going to say which one. One of the people who was at this hearing, I was invited to this school this semester, and then the administration threw up a ton of roadblocks because they don't want me, a completely mainstream conservative, an ordinary American conservative who just articulates views that were almost universally held for almost all of history, and especially in our country. They throw up roadblocks to that, but if I go out and say, hey— From the land to the sea, kill all the Jews. Then this, well, actually, look, it's context-dependent, you know, and actually we need to protect the right to say that. I want to give them as much credit as I possibly can. If they seriously have bought their own rhetoric on free speech, if they seriously believe that a university, an educational institution, is not entitled to have standards and norms and to distinguish between truth and falsehood and good and bad, then... They have no business running a university. And two, they violated one of the biggest rules, one of the most important things you never teach a child, which is never believe your own press releases. The liberals in the 60s who ran the free speech movement, they didn't really believe that. They just wanted to destroy conservative norms and standards and and articulate their their subversive ideas. But the moment that they were able to do that and crack up the old conservative standards, what did they do? They immediately reinstituted all the speech codes on their terms to exclude us from the public square, and to enshrine their views as sacrosanct and holy. Now, the rest of the show continues now. Professor Jacob has promised me, my concussed associate producer, who's on the road with me, and is right there, just right off camera, he has promised me that we will have an iPad for today's show, even though we are on the road. And if he does not He's getting another concussion. Uh, no, that's not true. He's a he's a beefy guy. I wouldn't want to throw a punch at Professor Jacob. Uh, you can chat with me and maybe even with him in the member block. If you're not a member of the Dachim, the membrum segmentum, then you got to go over to DailyWire.com. Use code Knowles get two months free on all annual plans. <laughs>